When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Minnesota sports fans, we know all too well how it feels to sign up for a lifetime of purple pain. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. What's going on, everybody? I'm Jesse Pierce from NHL.com and Bard on Beauty's podcast, slowly but surely regaining an optimistic outlook on your Minnesota Vikings. He's Thor Nystrom from Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros, coming in hot each and every week with some prop bets and the purple passion that we all love to see. And down there, Ross Brendel, our producer, he enjoys the Vikings' pain because why, Ross? Oh, lets me know I'm still alive, but this year it's not pain. It's, it's not pain. It's positivity, baby. Exactly. We are going to dive in. This is Purple Dailies before we die on Score North. Okay, let's let's say it. Five in one heading into the bye week. Let's say it louder for the people in the back. The Minnesota Vikings are five in one heading into the bye week. Five um, and one. Five yeah. and one. Five I know and one. Thor, I don't want to give Thor too much credit, especially early on. And I know we were all laughing, chastising, booing him, probably throwing tomatoes for predicting the Minnesota Vikings to win 12 games this season. Well, it's looking better and better, you guys. Uh, do you think, not only do you think the Minnesota Vikings can reach that high expectation Thor had, can they be the number one or the number two seed? Currently a two-game lead atop the NFC North. Uh, yeah, I mean they're, they're certainly in play for it. Um, can they get past the Eagles? That that's the one where we're maybe not because uh, the Eagles would have a two game lead on them with with the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. But looking pretty good for the two seed. You you look at the other two divisions outside of that. The leader in their divisions is three and three. Vikings are five and one. And the, I, I think the most optimistic thing is when we looked at the schedule over the summer and when we were doing our predictions and going through the part of the schedule that we were concerned about was the first part of the schedule, the initial part before the buy that that's yeah. where the, the, you know, the hardest stretch of it and the Vikings got through and they're five and one, they have a three game lead in the NFC North. When you count their tiebreaker against the Packers, everything's looking great right now. What is better to you guys, a Minnesota victory, like one we saw in Miami on Sunday or a Packers loss like that, that team's just kind of slowly falling apart. The wheels are off the train. Uh, what, what do you think is better? Because personally, I still think a Packers loss is even better than a sweet, sweet victory. Yeah, it's, it's close. Uh, you know, I always say the Vikings are my favorite team. My second favorite team is whoever is playing the Packers. So it's, (laughs) it's very close. And any Sunday you get the Vikings win with the Packers loss, which we've now had multiple times this year. You're going to take that. Yes. A Vikings win, I will say this, is always going to be number one because the Packers losing doesn't really matter if the Vikings are losing. 
So it's always number one, but it is number one by like a smidge of a percent. And it's not even that I'm really anti-Packers players. It's just so fun to watch Packer fans squirm. That's that's what does it. It's their disappointment. I, I do want to say on the number one seed talk, if you don't mind, if you don't mind me interjecting here or, or circling back, I still think it's a, it's a little too early to talk about that and project that far out. But I would say props to the Vikings for being five and one at this point and allowing their fans to even dream or think about that. And then, okay, I'll, I'll do a full reset on what I just said. If you do want to project out that far and say, can the Vikings be the number one seed? I would say, yeah, it doesn't seem likely just because as Thor mentioned, the Eagles have technically a, a two game lead. If you want to put it that way, but for the Vikings, the goal is win your division, get a home playoff game. If you can win your division and somehow be the two seed, you could still end up never leaving U.S. Bank Stadium if the Eagles don't win their divisional playoff game. But to do that, you absolutely need to take care of business out of the bye. I, I, I've seen some stuff on social media, and I've heard some people mentioning, well, the Vikings should be 7-1 and one after their next two games. Stop <laughs> it. Stop <laughs> it. Every game this year has been a struggle. One game at a time win the game in front of you, everything else takes care of itself. TCB. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals in the win column yet. And I'm not putting Taylor Heineke and the, and the commies. Can I call them the commies? I'm not putting them in the win in the win column either. I mean, with Kyler Murray as my fantasy football quarterback, I would say it's a win because he is awful. He's oh. done nothing for me. Hit it, Ross. Who was that again? Hang on. Say that again. Kyler Murray for my fantasy football quarterback. Kyler Murray it. from your fantasy football team. Obligatory fantasy football mention. It does look like I might squeak out a victory, though. So shout out to me and uh, who actually performed well this week. Oh, Claypool. Shout out to Claypool. And uh, Travis Kelsey is always doing his thing, Devontae Smith. But Kyler Murray, trash. Just a trash quarterback. So sure, Vikings could win. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Mm. Well, I wouldn't even put the game at the win column, and she's just <laughs> calling him trash. <laughs> I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Every Sunday, I'm like, oh, this guy, a quarterback. Too much homework for him or something. Anyway, 26-16 win in Miami. We are, again, recapping that. Now, that wasn't without its struggles, you guys. And the offense, there are still a lot of questions there. What is a reasonable expectation, do you guys think, for this offense moving forward? I know in our first They Said It, Adam Thielen had this to say. We're getting there. We're getting closer. Maybe that didn't show on Sunday, but I feel like we're on the right path. Guys are doing everything they can. Guys are working extremely hard. I just feel like it's a different feeling in the locker room, even though we haven't played our best football. It's just a feeling of confidence and knowing we're going to find a way. We're going to figure this out. And when it does click, watch out. So good boost of confidence from uh, from our Minnesota boy, Adam Thielen. But again, offense still is kind of up and down and, and just very choppy. Yeah, the, the performance yesterday against the Dolphins was not very good on offense um, when you consider the circumstances uh, with the Dolphins being so – their roster being so injury-riddled. They were even having – their secondary hasn't been good, as is this season. And then they, they were losing guys. In Nick Needham, uh, one, one guy, uh, was injured for the game during the game. So, I mean, the Dolphins were badly outmanned, and you expected better out of the Vikings' offense – they, they didn't get onto the Dolphins' side of the field 
until like the latter portion of the second quarter. Uh, I was, I, I think it was four straight punts to begin the game for the, the Vikings offense expected a little bit better of a start than that. Um, the Dolphins had a clear strategy in this game of mugging the Vikings receivers off the line, um, which, you, you know, you hope in the future, maybe the rest will take a little bit, pay a little bit closer attention to that. Some of that stuff wasn't getting called, but Jefferson then was able to, to break loose in, in the second half. The, the long wheel route and stuff like that was able to get over a, a hundred yards. Offense did start to, to get going a little bit, you know, like I said, in, in, in the second half, a bit more. Dalvin Cook was the leading rusher with only 10 yards late in the third quarter. And then, of course, he, he breaks off his long run. But overall, um, the offensive line didn't play the best. The running game didn't play the best for the vast majority of the game. Mm-hmm. And Cousins in the receiving court wasn't quite as good as, as you would have hoped yesterday. But a win's a win. I, you know, yeah. I do want to get into Justin Jefferson and what he continues to do week after week and the numbers that he continues to put up. But I do, you know, you mentioned the start of the game. Minnesota opened the game with four straight three and outs before finally scoring with 232 left in the second quarter. And overall, the Vikings had 10 three and outs against the Dolphins. I mean, that seems to be a continuous problem. We've talked about it every single week in their areas. How do you change that? And again, we'll get into uh, Greg Joseph and the struggle he has at, at uh, kicking as well. So, I mean, guys, what do we do to change that in order to be more successful? Well, out? I, well, I think right now that, you know, they always say there's no bad time for a bye week. Typically you like them when maybe injuries are piling up a little bit, knock on wood, the Vikings are a fairly healthy team right now. But I do think the bye week's coming at a great time. I know Adam Thielen talked about, and you mentioned it, and they said it, when this thing starts to click, look out. Mm-hmm. Well, they got two weeks here to try and work out some kinks and get things going for that second half of the season. I, I got a hunch. I mean, I can't guarantee it. I've been thinking each week the offense will look better, and it just kind of staggers and hems and haws. I got a feeling they'll come out of the bye week and look a lot better and a lot more succinct and cohesive. But that's just a hunch. But I would also say, how can it not look better than it did yesterday? And, and I say that I say that being positive, you have nothing to apologize for being five and one. Again, you did what you needed to do to win the game. Cousins delivered when he needed to. Dalvin Cook, nice rushing touchdown. The Ed Anishel defense was uh, was was pretty pretty good when they needed to be. But I, I just got to think this bye week comes at a right time, and, and it's really gonna it's really gonna help them. That's a, just a hunch. Maybe it's more of a hope at this point. You know, another kind of concerning stat that I came across: third quarter. That seems to be a bad quarter for your Minnesota Vikings every single week. Just six third quarter points all season. Is that a problem? Considering that they are able to really get back into the game, get back into the swing and the swing of things at the eleventh hour here in the in the fourth quarters. I mean, is that an area of concern? Obviously, you want to see a team play a complete game from the first to the fourth. But what are our thoughts there on a lagging offensive game for the Minnesota Vikings in the third? Yeah, it's it's a weird statistical quirk for sure. They've been putting the points on the the board you know, within two minutes of the halves and later in the fourth quarter, stuff like that. But yeah, the, they have not yet scored an offensive touchdown in the third quarter. Uh, going back to the point about the, the bye week, very important week, not only for the, the players and you get extra time to be able to uh, sit down and look at the, the Kyler Murray tape and decide how you want to defend him. The Vikings have had uh, trouble in the past with super duper mobile quarterbacks like that, but also for the coaching staff, Kevin O'Connell and crew to be able to look over the film what has been working so far, what has not been working so far, and our in-game decisions, what what has been good and what has been bad. Uh, obviously, this is O'Connell's first time through 
doing this stuff. It's been flying by the feet of his pants so far. And now he gets an opportunity to sit down and review some of this stuff. I think you're going to see course correction from O'Connell. Some of the, some of these sort of like uh, micro things that we've been frustrated about. I, I think he'll be able to identify those. And, and like I said, course, correct. Yeah. You know, I know we had mentioned, we were going to talk about Justin Jefferson. He had his fourth 100 yard receiving performance of the season in the win in Miami on Sunday He's currently third in the NFL with 654 receiving yards on the season, slightly off pace for a 2000 yard season that he had set as a goal for himself coming into the year. Uh, but not much, right. It's going to be a year offensive player of the year guys. Are we back on that? Like that's probably something that Justin Jefferson not only has in his sights, but it's a very realistic award that, uh, he might be able to, to claim. Yeah. Being a receiver, it, it makes it more difficult. And the, the fact that, all of his O'Connell's mentioned this several times. All of Justin Jefferson's impact on the offense cannot be quantified by his stats. The games where his re- receptions and his receiving yards are down, it's invariably always because the opposing defense is double teaming him every single time, mm-hmm. which opens things spacing up for his teammates and stuff like that. That stuff will not be counted by you know these East Coast voters and stuff like that when they sit down to fill out the MVP ballot. But I mean, in terms of the most valuable offensive player in the NFC. He is right up there, if, if if not at the top of the list so far in my book. Are you suggesting that Minnesota is getting overlooked by East Coast bias? Like, I've never heard such a thing. I don't think that the East Coasters are going to sit down and bake in all the context <laughs> ancillary if, to Justin Jefferson's statistical <laughs> output. Yeah. If you think there's East Coast bias in how they're going to choose offensive player awards and MVPs, you just wait for the East Coast bias when Kevin O'Connell is 13 and 4. And Brian Dable goes 10 and seven and wins our coach of the year. You, you just, know, yeah. you just wait for the East coast bias there. No respect in flyover territory. No never, respect. Never. But that bring you brought up the next point, Ross KOC. He's gotta be in contention for coach of the year with what he's able to do with this Vikings squad in his first year at the helm. Yeah. They, I, I've looked at the updated odds that the sports books have put out today uh o'connell's third right now in the odds board for coach of the year uh brian dable is is number two nick sirianni is number one um i i think i'd have dable and o'connell over sirianni sirianni was in the job before and was already yeah. sort of building towards this he also got a full cupboard right whereas uh o'connell's been trying to figure this out with a lot of pieces that uh zimmer could not take to you know winning the division and, and going into the playoffs etc and then dable's doing it with with a team that with a roster that has stunk for years. So I, to, to me, those are the two most impressive coaching jobs so far. It'll be interesting to see again, hoping that Minnesota continues their success. Now this wouldn't be a before we die podcast or actually any Minnesota sports related podcast without some negativities, some bad things that are happening, not going the way that you want to see them. And that as Minnesota Vikings have had in their history, as history has shown kicking and, uh, you know, just not having kicking Greg Joseph now nine for 13, 69.2% on field goals, 12 for 14 on extra points. How are we feeling Ross? Let's start with you because I know you got some feelings on uh Greg Joseph and the Greg Joseph problem, Greg Joseph problem that we might have. You know, the field goals don't bug me so much. Every miss is from beyond 50. So I'll, I'll kind of let those go. Uh, the extra points is starting to get a little bit troublesome. It's not a full panic meter. It's still early in the year, and it's only been two. 
And I know it's 31 yards now, and it has been that way for quite some time. But those are essentially free points. If yeah. you don't make them, they can cause a lot of trouble for you. And, and case in point, let's go back to the Miami game. Miami scores a touchdown. They go for two. Okay, they don't they don't get it. But this is this is taken over a lot in the college game. A lot of college coaches love going for two in that scenario because if you score. That would have made it 24 to 18. You recover the onside kick. You go down the field and you and you win and you kick the extra point and win. Okay. That scenario presents itself when you miss extra points. It, it, just, it just can't happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not to the point of, you know, I don't know if you bring in another kicker to do the old scare tactic. I'm not really sure that that works. But I do think that this is starting to creep into the territory of you have to be mindful of what is going on with your kicker, because you may need to do something different at some point. I'm not going to get to that point until he starts missing field goals with regularity, but Mm -hmm. you got to be better than 12 for 14 and extra points. However, with that said, the game MVP yesterday was our guy, Ryan Wright, who just continually put that dysfunctional Miami offense (laughs) inside the 20, inside the 10 all game long. Game MVP, perhaps so far team MVP behind Justin Jefferson is six foot three, two thirty five. Ryan, right? Did I yeah. butcher that? I don't remember. But bigger than Bursage coming out. Yeah, the I'll be honest. The look kickers always scare me because of who they kick for, and Greg Joseph has never really been a solid NFL kicker until a little stretch last year. So I don't know if there's enough evidence to suggest that the Vikings have ever found their kicker. And I'll go back to this when the Vikings come out and tempt fate by tweeting things like a hot Greg Joseph summer when he hasn't even kicked a meaningful kick. <laughs> what are you doing? That's why I troll you with a cool Greg Joseph fall. Don't tempt fate. Don't do it. Speaking of cool, can, is Kirk Cousins cool now? We saw him rocking the chain three chains like... Is he cool? Is he trading in his Coles cash for some some bling bling or what? No, he's the least cool person on earth. <laughs> but that's what makes him cool, right? That's him. Yeah, yeah. He that's what he's, he's cool. He's that's he's, him. Just, he's a dad. Yeah, and yeah. and his personality <laughs> certainly is. It goes from annoying when they're losing, super annoying, to <laughs> endearing when they're winning, and 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 you love to see it. You do. You love to see a happy Kurt. It just. <laughs> Such a nerd. Just, I shouldn't be talking, right? I, I am a nerd for a living. Like, I feel like our career that we've all chosen, we're exactly what you'd expect, nerds. So. Well, if, if we're oh, going to yeah. talk about nerd, I want to go back to Ryan Wright for a second. Because while, yeah. while the Vikings, you know, their, their field goal game to this point has been way below league average, the punt again, Ryan Wright has been one of the best punters in the NFL to this point, and, and he's a rookie. Some stats for you, go, going back to the nerd thing. Ryan Wright has has pinned the, the opponent inside the 20 15 times this year. That leads the NFL. But that's not all, folks. Zero touchbacks. If you go to the next highest guy on the list who has had zero touchbacks, the, he, he has nine uh, inside the 20, the, the next highest guy. Ryan Wright is, to, to Ross's point, consistently pinning teams inside the 20, and he is not not given the touchbacks. Mm-hmm. So he he's been absolutely fabulous this year. You, you have to shout that out, especially when people have been a little bit down on the Vikings rookie class and maybe justifiably so in terms of immediate impact. 
they found one for free in Ryan Wright. Mm-hmm. The unit that has been the best for the Minnesota Vikings all year, except for those missed field goals and extra points, has been the special teams unit. They've been yes. pretty solid in the return game. They've been even better in the coverage game. I'm very conscious conscious that the uh, I probably just put some put some bad aura out there and something bad will probably happen against Arizona, even though I don't believe in superstitions because they're bad luck. But um, I, I just think you have to give the Vikings special teams credit. It's historically been a weaker part of this team, and they've been fantastic this year. And it is a third of the game. Talk about that was 74-yard punt from the end zone, completely flipped the field. The Dolphins thought they were going to get the ball around the 50. They were they were closer to their end zone than they were the 50-yard line after that punt. That's just a heck of a job by Ryan mm-hmm. Wright. Yeah, and, and speaking to the special, it's not just the two guys, right? It's not just Joseph, and it's not it's just the unit. It, it's the entire unit, and the Vikings have, to Ross's point, it played fabulous there. Outside of the, the Joseph field goal attempts, they've been fabulous on special teams. The, the punt coverage... Um, the getting after the punter has, has been absolutely fabulous. The game yesterday, the play you have to shout out, enormous play. The Dolphins attempt that that fake punt. And uh, not only – Metellus is the guy who gets all the credit because he made the, the tackle, and it was a fabulous play by Metellus. Hats off to him. Uh, Brian Asamoah on that play took on two blockers to allow Metellus to get there. Uh, that kind of stuff. Or we've seen this all season, the, the Vikings, uh, the rush to get to the punter, they are always putting heat on the opposing punter, getting right on the doorstep, but not roughing him. It's just signs of a really well-coached unit. The, 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 the unit? That's what I'm going to call it. Wow. <laughs> Jalen. I was waiting for you to stop talking so I could say that. That's all I wanted to. That's my two cents of wisdom on it. Happy to our, facilitate. Our guy, Jalen Ray Gore with a nice punt returned yesterday yep. too. Yes, so exactly. Shout out, shout out to him. He's getting more comfortable. Yeah. And w- when, when that kid's got the ball in his hands with that, with, with a head of steam, that's where he gets crazy dangerous. Uh, you want to see him fielding the, the punts more cleanly. And, and and now we've seen that these past couple of weeks, hopefully we see that going forward. Cause yeah, w- when he gets three steps, it, he is very difficult to corral in the open field. Yeah, I wouldn't, I would uh, not disagree. Uh, let's wrap things up here. You guys, the Vikings are now off until October 29th is it a good time to make a trade we've talked about the different areas that they could use improvement on the different tweaks that could be made and you know we've been talking about even Alexander Madsen and the fact that he needs to be discussed about being a trade even though he's been an integral part of this offense splitting time with Dalvin Cook um is a trade in the Minnesota Vikings future and is now during this bye week the time to do such a thing yeah, a thousand percent because the trade deadline is November 1st, which I think is, is that the Tuesday? I think it's the Tuesday after the uh, Cardinals game. So, I mean, yeah, th- this is your window to complete a trade. Um, and you, because of the buy, the way that it's scheduled, Quasey now gets a couple weeks where he doesn't have to worry about the on-field stuff. He can do, we were talking about uh, O'Connell doing the self-scouting, doing the evaluation on the coaching end of it. Quasey can certainly now, he has the time open now to do that on the evaluation and personnel side. I, I would expect him for sure to have identified, if he hadn't already, but for sure to have identified a, a couple different positions of we could upgrade here and mm-hmm. perhaps not per, perhaps not for an enormous cost, right? Like, you know, I, I was talking about inline tight end before. There's several that are going to be available for late round picks. We saw yeah. Robbie Anderson, the, the Panthers receiver today, was traded to the Cardinals who going back to the Cardinals may be without Hollywood Brown for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. All the, all the Cardinals need to give up for Robbie Anderson. I, this was the report. So the details might be slightly wrong, but the report I saw 
was a six round pick. I think this coming year and then a seventh the year after or else that that's flipped. Mm-hmm. That is a very ne- negligible cost for a guy who has been a, a, a solid starting receiver going back several years. You're going to be able to get uh, a guy that at least for the Vikings would become, in my opinion, their best in line tight end right away for perhaps the cost of a sixth or just a singular seventh round pick. And then the, the other spot being outside corner. Uh, I do have to shout out Patrick Peterson for an awesome game yesterday that was sort of a a throwback uh Patrick Peterson game and and the defense played real Daniil Hunter too we we cannot get through that entire episode without shouting him out he had had by far his his best game but having another cornerback and maybe maybe it's not the outside that you that you identify maybe it's a slot guy or maybe it's a guy that would have the versatility to do both so that you you have some sort of insurance against an injury because not only do we have not only do we sort of know that the Vikings, you know, in terms of their ability to cover opposing receivers, they're below average in the NFL. But also, if either one of the, well, really any of the three starting corners, if any of them went down, the Vikings are in trouble because they just don't have that depth right now. Until a guy like Booth develops and is fully healthy, till a guy they trust a guy like a Caleb Evans, you know, et cetera. That could be a spot to target, and maybe you can get a guy on the cheap. I had tossed out Sidney Jones from the Seahawks before, but there's several other guys out there that you could also probably lift from their teams for a late-round pick that could help out. At this point, I don't think the Vikings would even consider moving Madison for anything. It would have to be a second or first round pick, just the mm-hmm. way they're using Madison and featuring him in the offense. And we're he's not, not looking to sell. He's we're not going buy. anywhere. We're buying. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. And I think to Thor's point, if you're going to make a trade, I, I kind of half expect them to. And again, to Thor's point, it makes sense to do it now because you're going to get an extra week to acclimate him to the system. So you'd rather do it even this week than next week when you start going into deeper game planning and game preparations. But if there's going to be a trade, it's going to be for safety depth or cornerback depth. I just can't imagine at this point any other position they would be in the market for. But we also still, we don't know what we don't know about KOC and Quasi, right? They could completely surprise us, but Time will tell. We'll see. But I would expect there to be something in the secondary between now and that Cardinals game. The timing makes sense. You haven't lucked out with when you got your buy, but it's perfect timing that you have the buy with the trade deadline looming now a few weeks away. I just I expect something to get done and I expect it to be in the secondary. Yeah, I can't wait to get torched in the comments for even breathing Alexander Madison's name in that uh, in that comment mention. But I had to, and you know. well, you're you're going to get torched too early on. You talked about the Packers backsliding and not looking very good, <laughs> and you're going to get torched. Well, Jesse, that's your team. Number one fan. fan. Number one yeah. fan. Yeah. No, ridiculous. Come on, guys. Come on. Uh, that's going to do it for this Monday episode of Before We Die, Purple Daily, and Score North. Before we wrap. Before we die, guys, I'm going to kick it off because it is a well, Minnesota Wild. What? What? But are are you going to kick it off? Time now for the Before We Die crew to give us their Before We Dies. I mean, you were slow on the uptake for the earlier one, so I just, you know, forgot. Maybe thought you were taking the, the time off. You know, I'm not being paid enough for the abuse <laughs> that you two put me through. I'm, I'm just not. Phil! Phil! Uh, I told you. I talk. told 
I told Declan last Thursday that I chirped you, and he's like, good, you keep doing that. So he's all on board with it. Well, well, Jesse, why don't you go first? Well, we talked about extra points, and unfortunately for your Minnesota Wild, they allowed both teams to score an extra point, putting up 14 goals in their first two. I wanted to use it, but we had moved on so quickly, so there's that. Uh, Your Minnesota Wild, before we die, are going to start 0-4 this season. Gonna, <laughs> it's rough i called this beforehand but i didn't publicly put it out there because i was like ah maybe i should you, be more nice and i you, know they're on for to start that's why you, you keep tell me that, that before i did my prediction yeah. that the, the why we're gonna beat the rangers keep keep your well, negativity be happy <laughs> keep your negativity off of before we die we're talking about the vikings being in number one yeah, or two well, seed and you're true. talking about what may end up being the worst team in the history of the nhl <laughs> Whoa, let's not. They will at least beat Arizona. So that's a guaranteed four wins. So they've got that going for them. But I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get mine in before Thor because, you know, Thor just kind of said, well, why didn't you tell me that before the the, uh, wild loss to the Rangers? Thor almost gave us the trifecta last Thursday. He was it last Thursday. He said the wild will win. The Gophers will win and the Vikings will win. Wild lost. Gophers lost Vikings really struggled, but one <laughs> before we die, Thor will stop ruining whatever is happening to the Gopher football team. All Thor does on this podcast and in person, he tells me how great the Gophers are. The Gophers passing game was hmm. worse than Iowa's passing game on Saturday. It was atrocious. See what he did there. Thor. Before we die, quit talking about my Gopher football squad. <laughs> Phil, the abuse I'm taking in here is worse than what Ross was claiming before. Wow. Uh, Tanner Morgan injury, that that sucks for them. But, I, you know, I, I will say, Ross, and, y- you know, that I didn't get two wrong last week and get one right. That was a classic Thor Nystrom double reverse jinx to get the Vikes <laughs> the win. I had to sacrifice the, the first two predictions in order for the third to be correct. Yeah. There you go. That makes and sense. Before, and I do. I, I I'm a big fan of reverse jinxes. That's my do, kind of thing. Do we need to be worried that Jesse has some sort of fingernail injury that's going to stop? See, can her? you hear that? It's driving me are, insane. Are, are you going? Are you probable for Thursday's podcast? Would you? Put I'm, yourself- I'm actually questionable tonight because if I don't get this fingernail situation figured out, I can't type. I can't do anything. Is it's your hand just- more injured than Skylar Thompson's? Probably. <laughs> It's okay. true. It is a problem. Thor, Thor, do you have a before we die before Jesse gets us out of here? Yeah, I want to do one, one, another hockey one. Before I die, the Wild will give up less than seven goals in a frigging game. I'm happy I don't follow that team. That that's been that's been absolutely brutal. Yeah, you're telling me. You're telling somebody had texted me that today. They were like, "This is probably when your job sucks, huh?" I'm like, "It's not fun. Like you got to go. Then you got to go talk to a bunch of cranky people. Like it's not the best, but it's early. I mean, it's not a panic. Even if they went 0 and four. That doesn't mean anything yeah, in the no. scheme of an 82 game season. I don't really care. I just think it's funny that look this is here. Like if, if Colorado drops 10 on them tonight, I'll actually like go in hysteria and like be laughing. I, I, I don't, I hate that Colorado team. I, you know what? Always, the only NHL team. I don't like them. Or Vegas you know what too, always they had works that one in that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it always works in the NHL, Jesse. You want to turn your season around and be guaranteed to go to the, at least the conference finals, fire your coach. It works every time. Dean. I imagine Dean's on the hot seat. I don't know. I love Dean. I love Dean. He's great. All right. I'm done. I'll quiet down. Apologies that you noticed the fingerness. It's it is. It's still bugging me. I've almost got it though. Uh, (laughs) 
That is Monday's edition of Purple Dailies Before We Die on Score North. As always, I'm Jesse Pierce. He's Thor Nystrom. He's Ross Brundle. We are bringing you Vikings content, hot takes, and fingernail breakings all live Mondays and Thursdays. So we will be back here again on Thursday. Uh, first of all, shout out to everybody that made it out to Surly for Score yes. North and, and Purple Daily and Vikings Talk. Thank I you. apologize. I didn't make it, but I know you two were out there freezing your little tushes off. I will be there November 6th. At the, is that, are we announcing that? Do people know yep. this? Yep. Okay just realized that maybe that wasn't public but it's november 6th I'll be now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah now it is breaking news jesse pierce um so i'll be out there but sounds like a great time you know you guys are the best as always drop your comments let us know what you think about the minnesota vikings the five in one minnesota vikings um you guys are the best fans out there check out all the purple daily content coming to you each and every day round the clock they do a great job and uh yeah we'll see you guys thursday have a good one Skull Vikings. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms. Platforms today.